from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, Episode 19 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. I'm Jawan Lee, joined here on Thursday with my co-host, Dean Rule, and another another game preview podcast for you all. Oklahoma State traveling to play West Virginia this week. Looking to extend that win streak to three, and I'm a, and I'm looking to end my losing streak of picking games wrong. So, <laughs> how yeah, are you today, Dean? I'm good. It it needs to come to an end, Juwan. You, you got to get <laughs> one of them eventually, right? I would I would think so. I would think I'm not going to go the entire season and not pick a game correctly. But when I do pick them wrong, I'm hearing it from my dad. So hopefully, I can pick this one right and get them off my back a little bit. Um, (laughs) but we don't want to waste too much of you guys' time. I know you're here to, um, hear a little expertise on what we think about this week, this weekend's matchup against West Virginia. We're, we're going to start on the offense, um, from them. They, they're coming in off of a loss to the University of Houston, 41 to 39, and, um, they stacked four previous wins together. So let's, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Dean, what can you tell me about how this Oklahoma State defense will match up against their offense? Right. So I think West Virginia, um, you know, their quarterback doesn't get a ton of praise, but I think he's pretty solid and, and he's got some some wheels to him as well. Um, but it by no means is, you know, a Will Howard or a Jason Bean. Um, but overall, it's just going to be another one of those strong, you know, the, the middle of the Big 12 is so deep because you've got a lot of teams that are, I don't know if you want to say they're built similarly, but they have talent. And, and a lot of that comes from the transfer portal and from NIL. It's it's created this parity and it's really, you know, I think a lot of people were worried that NIL and the transfer portal were going to kind of eat the middle class of college football. Um, but if anything, I think it's really created a lot more more parity um and i think you see that exemplified in what the big 12 is this year and what you see you know halfway through most of these team seasons um and so you get a west virginia team that a lot of people picked you know to finish dead last in in the big 12 and you know i'd argue they're at least in the top half right now um based on how they're playing, you know, it's, this is not the gimme game that I think a lot of people expected it to be back in, you know, the summer when, when people were analyzing schedules and whatnot. So, um, by all means, OSU is going to have a a tough test, but I think West Virginia more so on defense has really done a lot. Um, but the offense is, is moving efficiently. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, Juwan, um what what their splits are but i I think offensively they they're they're probably pretty similar to to what to numbers osu puts up uh offensively and i think defensively uh, pretty similar too i I think these two teams are pretty even uh evenly stacked yeah so west virginia is at about 28 and a half points per game um about 195 yards passing per game and 188 yards rushing per game. Now, I want to talk about an article that you did 
It was a little mid-season report over OSU, and one of the things that you discussed in the what what has went wrong section was the defensive leaks. Are you a little bit more confident in this defense now um, looking at what you've seen from them over the past two weeks? I think you I think you have to have a little more confidence in the defense because you know that the article you're talking about, Juwan, that's looking at like not where is the team now, just through those mm-hmm. first six games, you know, what is it what has it been like? And um uh, we've talked about it a lot, you know, there were missed tackles early, then there were busted coverage coverages more recently. Um you know, I, I think by no means is it a polished product, what they have with, with Brian Otto's defense. I think uh, if you expected it to be a polished product through the first six games, that's about as optimistic as you can be uh, because when you bring in a new defensive coordinator, that, that's going to take time. Um, but overall, yeah, I think the, the coverage, you still have to have a little concern about just because uh, – they're so young in the secondary. They they brought you know that they've had some injuries there. They're using guys like Cameron Epps and Dylan Smith and Cam Smith and DJ McKinney, and they're relying on these type of guys in the secondary, which is going to be beneficial a couple of years from now. But for the current moment, that's risky, right? It lends itself to inexperience. Um, there's no, you know, outside of Corey Black, there's not a lot of veteran presence in that secondary. And, and that's why you can get hurt on on those bigger plays. And Kansas did a good job in the first half uh, at kind of targeting that secondary and, and getting some chunk plays and some big touchdowns. And so I think there's where I think you can be optimistic about it, though, is they showed the ability to be able to fix that they could adjust they showed against kansas that they've got the pieces and the knowledge to be able to adjust and effectively you know fix the problems in mid-game which i don't think was necessarily the case a couple weeks ago um so yeah there have been the defensive leaks that's probably something they'd wish did not happen um through the first six games but i think against kansas they showed a lot in that that they have the capabilities to clean that up it's just about getting it there um so i don't think it's a huge concern anymore but that's not to say that issues will not crop up later down the road now, I also want to roll through some of your midseason awards for defensive MVP. You had Nicholas Martin for a promising transfer. You had Justin Kirkland. And for under the radar, you've had Corey Black. Just touch on those three a little bit and which of those players you feel can possibly make the biggest impact this weekend against West Virginia. Yeah, so Nicholas Martin was, you know, the name started to get brought up a little bit as fall camp got going for OSU and um, you know, I think I dismissed it a little bit at the time just because they brought in Justin Wright, who was familiar with a, a 3-3-5 defense. Even uh, It's easy to say he's familiar with it. There's obviously so many things that go into it. And, and Brian Nardo's 3-3-5 defense is different than what Justin Wright would have done at Tulsa. But point being, you know, a sixth-year guy, 
who played that middle linebacker role, like all signs pointed to Justin Wright was going to be the guy there. Um, and then the depth chart comes out and it was, you know, too close to call uh, before the first game of the season. And then Justin Wright gets hurt. And, and that kind of creates a, a lane for Nicholas Martin to do what he's been doing. And, and he's been, you know, you could argue beyond just defensive MVP, biggest surprise um, at the midway point of the season because he's been that anchor. He's getting the tackles. He's getting the sacks. He's doing what um, what's asked of him. And, and so I think when you talk about who could have the biggest impact against West Virginia, um, Nicholas Martin is, would probably be the first name I, I throw out there. But not far behind him is, is another name, Juwan, uh, Justin Kirkland, who, you know, at that nose guard position, he's asked to take on a lot of those offensive line, you know, double teams. And he does a good job. And that that's what creates space and allows somebody like Nicholas Martin to have the performances he's been having recently. And that's another guy, Justin Kirkland, when, when he announced he was transferring, uh, he committed, he signed. I think it flew under the radar a little bit because he was coming from, you know, Utah Tech. And it was right in the middle of OSU was having its transfer portal exodus of losing a bunch of starters. And so you get a, you know, I think, you look at his size and you say, oh, you know, that's a big frame. That's a big body. <laughs> but can he, you know, really start or can he play, you know, what's needed? And, and he's proven to do that. And so I think, you know, if, if Dazon Stribling didn't get hurt, he probably gets the the impact transfer uh, award at the middle of at the midway point of the season. But it looks like he's not going to play for the rest of the season. And, and so that's why I think he just give that nod to Justin Kirkland. Um, Alan Bowman, you probably could have thrown out there too. But but point being, um, you know, I think Justin Kirkland's really made that impact that they've needed, that frame he uses well, and, and he's able to really get that push on the defensive line they need um, when they're in a nod front. And then, yeah, uh, under the radar, we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday. Um the less you mention a cornerback's name, the better they're probably playing, right? And Corey Black's a guy that, you know, we don't talk about, talk a ton about because he's just doing his job. And I think on, I forget the exact numbers of, of what pro football focus says, but he hasn't allowed a touchdown. I think it's only nine receptions he's allowed in six games. Um, mm-hmm, for like a hundred mm-hmm. yards. Like he's just, when they lost Jabbar Muhammad, um, in the transfer portal this offseason, Corey Black's job became exponentially more important uh, because no matter what, they were going to have to bring along uh, a younger cornerback. And I think up to this point, it's worked pretty well for them. Um, And he is by no means causing issues. Um, And I think he's, he's really doing his job of anchoring that secondary even though he's a name you really don't bring up a ton because he's not ever making mistakes. Um, so overall, that uh, that's what I would. That, that's kind of the the view I take on on those um, those defensive awards at the midway point. And the 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 other thing was, which of those players do you feel would be the most key for Oklahoma State against West Virginia's offense? And if it's not just one, that's fine. You can touch on more than one if you would like. 
Yeah, I think uh, Nicholas Martin is probably the one. Um, but in order for Nicholas Martin to have a great game, you need that push on the defensive line um, that Justin Kirkland provides. And I think I think what's going to be super important to watch is just how OSU secondary does play against West Virginia and, and you know, just the next test and, and what does this look like? What has been improved um, since that Kansas game? Because you can make those adjustments at halftime, right? But they're not always going to work as well as they did like they did against Kansas. Um, and, so, you know, when you're hopping out to, you know, a double-digit lead early, like like OSU's offense did against Kansas, you probably want to protect that a little better than they did um this past weekend so i think that's going to be something you also look to the secondary and you say not so much how's Corey black look but how do these younger guys continue to develop and continue to maybe um tighten up on some of those issues they've had flipping over to the offensive side of things um you know as we discussed in tuesday's podcast that Oklahoma State had broken a very long streak, nearly a full calendar year since they had crossed 30 points when they put up 39 against Kansas. How confident are you that they start a new streak where they can also put 30 points um, against West Virginia? I think it's I mean, by no means is it a knock on on Houston, but you know, the, the four new Big 12 schools are, are taking some uh, are taking some hits early on in their in their uh, tenure with with the Big Twelve, but they were able to you know put up thirty plus points on on West Virginia, um, and now some of it came on a last second hail mary. But point being, OSU's offense has shown something in the past two games. Now I think the key is going to be how just continuing on with with what they're doing and making sure that you're getting off to the fast start you're being balanced in in the pass and the run you're you're able to consistently kind of keep your foot on the gas and that's something that i think if you want to talk about an improvement to see in this osu offense getting that consistency down in the middle of the game they've shown that they can start fast and they've shown they can finish but in that middle section um they're kind of letting teams get back into it. So if you can clean that up, I think that's what really gives that offense some confidence going into, you know, a game against Cincinnati, a game against OU. That's to me, I think what's going to be key against West Virginia. Not so much. Can the offense hit 30 points? It's can you consistently put together an efficient offense uh, for four quarters? Going back to your midseason awards, you gave the OSU offensive line the most improved award. And right behind that, you named Alan Bowman the offensive MVP, and rightfully so. I mean, since he's taken over, this offense has, you know, obviously escalated to to the point where they are now. But I mean, even Ollie Gordon has had a, you know, great run from them. What is Alan Bowman's, this offensive line, Ollie Gordon's, what does their matchup look like against this West Virginia defense? Yeah, once again, I think it just um, it goes back to just continuing to do what you you do, right? You know, they this offense has faced Iowa State, K State, 
and and Kansas's defense defenses in in consecutive games. Um, and I think really, if if you were gonna make, well, I, I don't know, I won't I won't try to make a make a prediction just yet, but. <laughs> You know, like you still have OU's defense. That's obviously a good defense. I'm not going to try to rank those four and try to figure out where West Virginia fits and all that. But West Virginia still got a, a decent defense. I think it's been a pretty big key in them having the start they've had. But it's just you know continue doing what you're doing. Um, and that's and I went back and forth on you know who do you give offensive MVP to? Do you give it to Alan Bowman or do you give it to Ollie Gordon? And the way I look at it is. If you give it to Gordon, like if Alan Bowman was not the starter and the like, if Alan Bowman was not playing the full games, does Ollie Gordon still have the performances he's having? Um, because through the first three games, you know, Ollie Gordon was not going crazy, putting up crazy numbers. Um, he was also split in time, just like Alan mm-hmm. Bowman was. So it's close, it's 1A, 1B. Um, but I think with Alan Bowman, OSU's offense kind of proved that they can manage a game and, and put together strong drives. Um, and, and even more important, and it's not as exciting to talk about, uh, or, or I know people don't like to talk about it as much as they would a quarterback, but the offensive line and what they've been able to do the first three games compared to the past three games, um, it's been night and day. And, and it's working for them. And so you're going up against another defense that's that's good, that's formidable. Uh, I don't know where they rank in the country, Juwan, but point being, um, it, it's still a strong defense. And, and you've, OSU's proven to be able to manage those defenses, you know, strong defenses the past two games. It's just about continuing that, o- carrying that over, Um into the next into this week how effective do you see ollie gordon being against um this defense saturday yeah i mean with, when you break down ollie gordon and, and he's had three consecutive 100 yard rushing games um i think it would take a you know top two top three defense in the nation to really shut him down um you know i think the the only other thing I could think of is it, it's you can make the argument it comes down to the trenches for every game, uh, but if West Virginia's defensive line can get the push, get get into the backfield, kind of you know eliminate that space for Ali Gordon, I think that could have an impact on him. But OSU's offensive line is churning right now, so I don't know if I necessarily see them losing that battle. I, they might not win it, but I think I could be at worst a, a draw even. Uh, OSU's offensive line versus West Virginia's defensive line. And then I think when you get Ollie Gordon in space, it's hard to take him down um, just for his size, his shiftiness. He's elusive. For all the traits that he showed on this past Saturday, it's it makes it like there's a reason these, these three 100-plus rushing yard performances are – you know, it's not just a blip on the radar. This is kind of, I think Ali Gordon showed he is a budding star um, at OSU. And I think he's, he's kind of hot right now. And I think they're going to just, he's, if you made me bet, you know, 
over or under 100 yards, I think you got to take the over pretty much every time, Juwan, <laughs> from here on out until somebody <laughs> shuts him down. Another another position that we haven't touched on a lot outside of talking about OSU's red zone struggle is, is the kicker. Um, you wrote about Alex Hill and him reclaiming his spot. Just touch on what you've seen from him this season and a little bit what you wrote about doing that midseason report. It's crazy because – so he's made 15 field goals this season, and before I even looked it up, I was like, that's ah, probably like at least top 10, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you look up his field goals per game average, and it's number one in the country. Uh, it's like 2.5 field goals a game. Uh, his efficiency's there. I think he, he's missed three this season. He's kind of been that automatic kicker that he was three years ago. And, and you know, he, he lost the starting spot the past two years. He's got it back. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the Alex Hale of, of old. And it's just another one of those, you know, special teams. It's so easy not to talk about special teams because by no means is it necessarily the most exciting part of a football game. Um, you know, unless you got like a, a, a game winning kick or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> game. Um, or, of course, you know, it, it kind of falls a little bit into the cornerback category. You don't talk about special teams until somebody makes a mistake, right? Right. Um, but no, I mean, Alex Hale, like, if they did not have a kicker of Alex Hale's caliber, where's this team at, you know? I mean, he's accounted for 60 points. The next closest guy is Alan, is Ali Gordon at 30. Mm. Like, and you know some of that's coming off point after touchdowns and chip shot field goals, but but point being, you know he's hit some right. deep field goals. He's hit some important ones. Um, when you've got that that older guy, that veteran guy who's been there, he's been off for a couple of years. Now he's back, like he's picked up right where he left off. And I think it's so important to uh, this OSU offense, especially. Early on, when when they really struggled to find their footing, yeah, I mean, just to go over his stats, I mean, he has a long of fifty three, perfect from fifty and out, three or five from forty to forty nine, perfect from the thirty to thirty nine range. So, I mean, he's been a really dynamic weapon for OSU, and I don't know how much you know when you're talking about a team, you just want your kicker to be a dynamic weapon, but it's a good thing in this case. Um, for OSU team who is still kind of working out the kinks of those red zone struggles and which is something I want to touch on next how big of a emphasis or do you see OSU overcoming some of their red zone struggles this weekend yeah I think um, against Kansas they took a step in the right direction I think they were perfect against in, in the red zone against Kansas Um but it's just continue to kind of work on maybe not needing Alex Hale as much as you've needed him. <laughs> you know, when, when you really get going, you, yeah, I think that's just kind of key. You know, you're not going to be a perfect, you know, six of six in the red zone scoring six touchdowns. That's, that's going to always be hard to do. Um, right. But yeah, I think against Kansas, the way they played against Kansas, it kind of gives you the thought of, Maybe K State was just kind of a uh, a one off. I think we'll, we'll have a better answer when when they get to West Virginia 
and we see what they do there. But yeah, I, I don't think I have too much concern over that just just at this moment. All right, Dean. Time to get to our favorite part of the show. Good old predictions. Let's see if I can break my streak this week, but I'll let you I'll let you start it off with, with your prediction. Yeah, I think you just gotta ride with the you just gotta ride with the hot hand right now. Um it's a weird, you know, I always think when OSU goes up to West Virginia, it's a weird game. Um I think so I'll go. I'll say OSU wins it. I'll go thirty. I'll say they hit thirty on the dot. Twenty-one. That's what I'll go, Juwan. So, Dean, I have two games. You got the South Alabama game where I was super disappointed in them, and then we roll forward, and we're coming off of a a Kansas team that was ranked number twenty-three. And they beat them. They can't possibly beat a ranked team and then lose to West Virginia, right? That that just can't happen, right? So I'm going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick them to win this week, twenty-seven to twenty-four. I don't know if they. I don't know if they. I don't know if they cross thirty points. But two things that they always say travel. I mean the. Biggest thing is a run game. I mean, with Ollie Gordon, three straight games of 100 yards, and we've seen how dynamic he was last week with adding the extra 100 yards receiving and their defense holding down the Kansas team that was ranked top 10 in rushing. That should travel. I hope it does. Or we're going to be sitting here Tuesday, and they're just like, Jawan, you just have no clue what you're talking about. Just stop picking games. So I'm going to, I'm going to say their run game travels, the defense travels, and they come out with a 27-24 win. Yeah, I think right now uh, they they seem to have figured out the big issues. I think, well, Mike Gundy said they never had major issues. Um, but I think they've, they've cleaned up enough of the big stuff that puts them, I think, in pretty much every game um, from here on out because they do have, I think once you get past this game, in terms of tough, tough opponents, uh, y- you'll have Bedlam. But other than that, you know, the, the the Big 12 did OSU a favor, giving them all four new schools on the back end of the schedule. So I think once you get past this, OSU can kind of cruise to a couple more and and kind of just put together a, a pretty decent season unless the wheels fall back. You know, three weeks ago, Juwan, we were still saying, you know, the wheels were falling off a little bit. <laughs> so, um, but – so for the time being, they're back on the tracks. That doesn't mean they can't fall back off again. Um, but no, I think they go to West Virginia. Yeah, they they ride Ollie Gordon again. They ride a, that defensive front seven, and I think they can come out with a win. All right, so you got any final comments before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think we'll, we can call it there, Jordan. Well, we have a post-game pod Saturday. That is true. Yeah. Yep. All right, then. So... We appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Dean will be back with you all Saturday for the post-game pod, and hopefully he'll be talking about an OSU win heading into their game against Cincinnati, and I'll be back with you guys next Tuesday to see if I finally picked the game correctly. Um, But until, until then, 
podcasting is free. You can get that to download our podcast is free. You can get that wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you want. TulsaWorld.com is where Dean will have all of his information from Saturday's game. So until next time, we'll see you guys later.